As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Corner Launch. My name is Jeremy Griffin. We're here at Startup Street, 3024 West Swan Avenue. Been a little bit. It's been a while. Energy's a little down this morning. We'll have to try to get these guys amped up here a little bit. Got my man Danny bringing the love. <laughs> Silent Danny. Got my man Andrew in the corner. Bringing the love. <laughs> And today, guys, we got my man Greg Simpson here, Outfast Reality, TV Ria, Deployed Capital, all sorts of good stuff. What's going on, my man? Oh, it's a good day to be in, uh, be in real estate, for sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, I will definitely bring the vibe back up in this one today. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd that all turn out yesterday? Uh, dude, it's, it, it turned out great. Uh, got a lot of good feedback. Uh, you know, um, it's so funny, like... We had a meeting uh, a few months ago, and something similar kind of happened, but not like in the, where uh, the speaker didn't show, uh, like last night. But you know, we just kind of said "f it" and just went with the flow, and it ended up being a great meeting. Really good feedback at the end of the night, and because uh, like Sam Alley from his capital was like, "You should do a, a meeting one day where you just say fuck it and." Just do whatever you want. And I was like, well, that came a lot faster than I expected it to, but yeah. we just rolled with the punches and made it happen. It is, it's just what it is. But yeah, it was good. Um, you know, we just did a live Q&A, uh, TB Rhea. Um, lots of good questions. Um, you know how that goes, though. Everyone kind of has to get out of their shell a little bit. As soon as the first question, the cherry gets right. popped, and it's like... There was a couple of pretty young kids. Yeah, dude. I, was, I love that seeing I that because like, these kids were under 25. They're probably closer to under 20. Definitely. Um, yeah, and um, uh, it's good to see that they're they're trying to, to to get out there and do real estate because I wish I'd have gotten started way 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 before. Oh, I wish yeah. I'd have read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was in high school. Right. Would have gotten a lot better uh, traction than being a pool boy for ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good going into that a little bit last night. So, um, you know, one of the things that we kind of wanted to talk about here is in terms of getting all that going, right? Transition from Cabana Boy to the wholesaling and then getting mm -hmm. the brokerage going. But, like, getting the brokerage going and shit, like, how long ago was that? So brokerage officially launched in 2017, January of 17. But we had the idea, obviously, much earlier than that, back in probably summer of 16, where uh, my now business partner, Jeremy, and I uh, were meeting on a regular basis at, the, at my old office. 
and we're really just shooting the breeze, you know, masterminding, if you will, and talking shop. And we, at that time, I started noticing that there was a shift happening in the marketplace because back when I first started in the business, you know, you could do the fast cash, quick close offer because the market was still in recovery mode. Okay. And then start right around 2016, we started seeing it become more of a seller's market because there's more, um, more buyers moving into there. So the demand was getting higher. Economy's There's more people. Better. Economy is getting better. Um, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, we basically started looking at like, well, these people aren't taking our cash offers anymore. And the quick closes, they want closer to retail. So it was like, well, the only way to do that is to refer out to real estate agents for me right. to do. Well, unfortunately for me, that means I'm still sticking my outfast brand on some other, dipshit realtor Agent. that I don't control. I don't right. know enough to how they operate their business. So, yeah, I knew plenty of agents and I knew Jeremy, but I was like, I can refer you this business, but one, I don't know if you're going to follow through properly and actually get the deal done Two, I can't make any money. Right. So what's the point? Why would I even bother referring it to an agent? Cause they really technically can't pay me anything. Cause I'm not a licensed real estate agent. Right. So it was like, well, why don't we explore the opportunity of opening a brokerage and hit them from both sides. So if we hit them cash, 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 doesn't work. Well, by the way, we're also real estate agents and we just, can list just it Just like for the you. phone call yesterday. Just I had one this morning on my way in, literally in the parking lot. Uh, similar situation, man. Yeah. And so um, actually we had two of those calls yesterday, two calls yesterday, one today, and it's just an easy transition, dude. It doesn't. It, right. So we are able to combine the two models together what we wanted to do and that was kind of one of the, one of the main visions from day one is to be able to offer a real solution to sellers who don't need a cash and quick close offer but they they still want it they still want to know what the cash price would be so yeah. we offer it we want to try and buy 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 but if we can't then we've got agents Here. that are crushing crushing right. the listing game as well let's let's talk about it what, that way what percentage of the agents you think right now are closing over asking all of them all of them yeah. on the lists yeah all of them Dude, it's so nuts it is nuts um now granted if you're just taking a listing to to see what you can do that's right. you're not going to get over asking at that point um uh, the good agents though are agents that are trained properly that understand that if you price it right you're going to have a multiple offer situation you're not going to have um you may if you overprice it you're still going to get some traction on it but you may not get the offers because we still know that they have to appraise that's Unless, what people tend to forget i think yeah right? and even if you are getting multiple offers over list over ask all that stuff you still have to appraise unless you're cash. Right. Or unless you're willing. Again, there are people writing these in the addendums. Like they're waiving appraisal contingencies. They're willing to uh, – the appraisal gaps. They're literally saying, well, if it comes in $20,000 short, I'll write you a check for twenty k. All day long. It's happening all day, every day. Our, our agents are having to do that for their buyers right now. Um, it just is what it is because you've got such an influx of cash coming down from uh, right. you know, out of state. Right. So it's been a, been a wild, wild west as of the recording of this podcast. So – um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you were, uh, when you were getting everything going, right. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to kind of get situated to the point where you're like, okay, this is kind of a cool, this is actually turning into a cool little brokerage. Cause I know over the last year and a half, two years, there's been another jump. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So when we first started the business, I think that the, the thing that was the easiest transition for me and why it was an easy transition, I'm a business guy. Right. right. I had, I already hired a business coach 
for the investment side of the business. So it was pretty easy to take what I had already built and just build it into the brokerage because it's not that much of a different thing. Business is business, right? right? And real estate agents don't seem to understand this. Brokers don't understand that business is business. Not, it's you're just because you're a broker doesn't mean that you're a business. Like you're right. You're just cause you're selling real estate does not mean you're in, you're in business. That doesn't mean you are a business. And so like all the systems and processes and stuff that I had set up and put a ton of legwork into one 800 out fast. And in, in that side of the business, it was pretty easy transition. It was really more just meeting with our attorneys to get the documentation together because Jeremy was already doing retail. My dad had been doing retail for a long time. So when we had the idea, it was a pretty like, this is not going to be that hard. And it wasn't hard to get it started. It was hard to get people on the bus because right. of, you know, we're, no one had heard of Outfast Realty and investments at that point. People had kind of heard of the, uh, of me as a wholesaler and an a fix and flipper and stuff like that. But yeah. that was the hard part was getting the messaging out there. And we did a pretty good job. We had some pretty good connections that joined us right out of the gate, but we just stalled obviously at some point. Right. And then we hit critical mass last yeah. year. Yeah. I think that uh, it's definitely gained traction in the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, little ways to go before your average homeowner recognizes it like for Century sure. 21 or mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean? the like, big boxes for sure time, but... they've been in business for 50 years though i mean come on right exactly you know, that's exactly. kind of hard we've been in business for five minutes compared to them so yeah, yeah. greg yeah. i have a question sure. so you said you were doing the wholesaling aspect first i i really actually started off as a fix and flipper and then i did wholesaling in between but i have done actually more wholesale deals in my career than i have done fix and flips because fix and flips take to take a long yeah, time yeah they take time that just you can't just do a fix and flip in two weeks like you can a wholesale deal so can but you yeah. explain the wholesale thing because i've heard of kids that i like i know and they have friends and they make money with it and mm-hmm. i just for me i'm more of a stock guy i run my own business and i don't understand real estate aspects okay. you just said i'm a stock guy you better guy, get right. out of here with that. Come on, I'm, I'm up three. I'm up three hundred bucks since the show started. <laughs> no, it's it's so the thing with wholesaling is a very very simple concept in it, but it is overcomplicated um, by a lot of people, and I've overcomplicated it sometimes too. But essentially, you have a seller who has a dilapidated house most likely or is in a really shitty bind situation financially. Mm-hmm. They're in some sort of distress, house or person themselves and they need cash now they can't wait you know even even in today's hottest market we've ever had it still takes about two to three weeks to get a house listed properly on the mls between scheduling staging or decluttering someone's house you've got uh photos you've got video you've got potentially uh or or then you've got to write your descriptions get it all uploaded and make sure these showings are scheduled and you do it at the right time i mean i've got a flip that's been done for uh, like a few days now, like done with construction, mm-hmm. we're still not listing till next Thursday. So even on like it's a vacant house, da da da, it takes time. So yeah, to keep going with that, essentially, the person is needs cash quick. You basically offer them a cash deal, and then you are either going to buy it yourself and then sell it off, or you're going to assign your rights to that contract to Griff over here. And for five thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks, because you're make, you're you're calling your, your, a cash buyer who actually has the cash and saying, "Hey, I got this this deal. You can buy my contract from me, and you can close. And my fee is X Y Z." Okay, so in that situation, then let's say, okay, like I go blah 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 to wholesale a property. 
you know, where the sticky situation can lie is, you know, okay, like I can do this, but then who's going to take on with the money? Right. You so, know, so you kind of got to know both things mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. So, I mean, all you have to know is who the cash buyers are, which is okay. actually really easy. Even if you got a house today and said, I'm going to close in 10 days, you go throw up a bunch of signs, you post in a few Facebook groups, hey, I got this deal. Here's the pictures. Here's the numbers. You're going to get inundated with real cash buyers going, I'll buy the deal. So buying okay. buyers Keep in mind, are easy. Andrew, when you sign the when you sign the contract, right? You've always got like a what a seven, fourteen, twenty one day right it depends, to inspect yeah. in there. So like if you can't find somebody to take over that contract, it's not like you're on the hook for it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I'm looking at right. Yeah, I'm looking at it that way. Like, like I don't like, have two hundred fifty thousand dollars chilling around. Right, what am exactly. I gonna do? Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Now that's that's when though. Personally, you can end up in a little bit of shit. Not like legal shit, but the person reputation is going to. Yeah, the person that you said I'll buy your house, right, and I'll pay you two fifty cash, and now you're out scrambling for two weeks before that fourteen day right to inspect expires to find somebody. And then if you can't, you come back and you're like, well, actually, I changed my mind. I'm not interested in it. And And the worst part is the people have already cashed that check in their mind. Right. That's what sucks. Right. And that's where wholesalers get a really bad rap. Is because they don't know what they're doing. They're giving the seller either too much money because they don't know how to evaluate a deal, and then they're having to come back either renegotiate, and you know you're you're really screwing the seller, or you're backing out because you can't find a buyer because you don't know what you're doing. And then yeah, like that happened to this guy yesterday. We were talking to on the phone. He had three dipshit wholesalers tie up his house between thirty and forty-five days, and he is just over it and i was like well i'm a legit guy i'm not a wholesaler yeah. you know I, yeah i have done it in the past right. and i told the guy i was like yes i have wholesaled in the past i've wholesaled recently but it is not my main business i am a flipper i am an investor we've got and i said if, if i don't buy it i've got a team of about we have 60 agents roughly 59 i think technically on the roster i was like half of them whoop, are whoop. fixing flippers themselves or buy and hold investors so if i don't buy it one of them will buy it or we'll list it for you And he was like i love it let's go so but to answer your question, that's really the simplest form of it. You find a house that's, or house or person that's in distress, yeah. offer them a cash and quick close. Because if they need the cash that fast, you're going to get a discount typically. Yeah. If they really are motivated, you're going to get a discount so you can, ha- you can build a spread in to what another person is going to buy okay. that deal for. So how, about, so how about this? What are people doing right now to find – Market's tight, obviously, mm-hmm. but there's still you know a lot of stuff going on out there. Marketing-wise, what what are the best tactics for people out there that are look like Andrew wants to get going in this, right? Finding the finding the buyers is the easy part. Yeah, you got it's one sitting the right property, here. Finding property, you know what I mean. That's the tough part, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. how does how does somebody like him get going in that? So that, that was asked last night at the at the um at the meeting as well, mm-hmm. and so because we were talking before, is there were some young kids at the meeting that are they're like early 20s or maybe even late Bro, teens. they were yeah, like 15, 16. I'm, I'm I think they were maybe 18. Right now, so. How old are you? I'm 23. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, one thing is like, one, just get some education. Um, but first, like on marketing, to be specific, is you can do a couple different things. And it, it all depends on your budget, right? If you have no money, but you've got lots of time, knocking on ugly houses, doors, literally taking time, getting out of your comfort zone, and literally going out there and driving for dollars, Finding ugly houses, either writing down their addresses and then sending them mail or skip tracing them, which means you're basically researching who owns the house and finding their phone numbers and then calling them. Um, Or just knocking on the doors and find out who owns the property and get their phone number that way and get in touch with them. So 
you got to get outside and just pound the pavement. If you've got the time, if you've got the money, you can go buy lists. You can parse them out. Like you can buy house lists that are vacant houses that have high equity that maybe you can actually cross-reference divorce or probate, uh, which is where they've inherited a house. And you can literally get multiple pain points, narrow your list down to 50, 60, 70 people in a specific area, and then just pound the phones, text messages, phone calls. Um, you could you know, run Google ads or uh, Facebook ads, I mean, targeted to those yeah. people because you're going to get their email, phone number, blah, blah, blah. And you could literally say, you know, I know you've probably inherited a house, whatever you want to do your right. messaging, but that's an easy way to get started. I mean, but it's, it's whether you have time or money or if yeah. you have both, then yeah. you're really in good shape. I'm telling you right now, like if, if you, if you and Brendan went out for the weekend for a Saturday yeah. and did nothing but drive around looking for ugly houses and knocking, actually knocking on the doors and saying, Hey, listen, yada, yada, we're without fast reality. <laughs> we're looking for houses to buy. We can offer cash, yada, yada, all that. Like, if you spend a whole day doing that, you'll end up with a few people that are interested. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. And then, yeah. And then, you know, when you're wholesaling, what, what are wholesalers charging right now? I mean, I know it's kind Fees? of. Like, yeah. Get, I mean, anywhere from 10 to 15. 10 to 15K? I mean, yeah, it just depends. I mean, it really depends on how good of a negotiator you are. Right. On both sides. You've got to negotiate with the seller to get the price down, and you've got to negotiate with your buyers to make sure you're getting top dollar for your stuff, too. Some yeah. people end up with, like, 40, 50K on a wholesale deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean, happens. I'm not saying I don't need to bang for that much because, <laughs> yeah, I would love to, but just for the experience of going out and doing it for the first time, yeah, you know, because it's like anything else, you know, you're not going to know if you don't try. Yeah, so, I mean. I'm interested. So let's say that Andrew's out there and he's knocking on doors, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking to somebody and he's like, and he, you know, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. Obviously he's just getting going. Right. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll buy it for cash. Yada, yada, all that. Mm-hmm. What does he do when they say, okay, cool. How much you want to buy it for? And he has no fucking clue. So it's really actually for what I would tell you to do is like, that's great. But let me, can I come in? Can I take, check the property out? Can I take a bunch of photos so I can have my partner or my mentor actually take a look at the photos and the video that I'm going to take of your house and we can get back to you tomorrow with an actual cash offer. Don't, I hate to fake it till you make it bullshit because you end up making yourself like an idiot because you're going to say, oh yeah, we'll give you 150 and I'm going to come back and look at it and go, dude, what the hell are you thinking? I wouldn't pay more than $75,000 for that house. <laughs> like it's just yeah, going to happen yeah, yeah, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing and you just be transparent with them. That's great. I'm out here. My partner is, you know, wanted me to come scout the neighborhood. You know, I'm a, I, basically my job, my role is to, you know, talk to people that see or that are interested, seriously interested, not thinking about it. And if you're serious about selling the house, let me take about 30 or 40 photos, take two videos, one inside, one outside. I'm going to talk to Greg about it today. We're going to put together some due diligence and I'll get back to you with an actual cash offer in just either a few hours or, or a day. Okay. Simple. Just be upfront with them. Setting The whole thing is setting proper expectations of how the process works. Because if you try to tell them like it's going to do this, this, and this, and then you don't perform, you're done. You just might, you just wasted your entire day of going out there looking yeah. for houses. So if you try to – again, so many of these wholesalers that are starting literally do nothing but fake it till you make it. And they're just like throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks and that they find one out of 100 that's actually interested in selling that will give them a discount that they – Find either they just got lucky with the evaluation or the number that they give right. or the homeowner didn't know what they had kind of thing. And the buyer um, was able to, you know, they had enough spread or they 
went to a buyer like me and then were able to renegotiate and give the seller what's called a haircut, which I don't like doing. No. I've done it, and it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. And that was not on purpose. That was like because I made a mistake. <laughs> Door-to-door anyway. sales is something that everybody should do mm-hmm. at some point regardless. Yep. Yeah, I'm going out with the Jehovah Witnesses this weekend. Awesome. Dude, I'm telling you, they're good at sales, <laughs> the man. Best, man. You know? <laughs> Not as good as Girl Scouts, though. No. Well, always so here, when you... just use guilt trip for that. I can't do that. When you're going door to door, though, and you're literally just walking up to strangers' houses, knocking on their door, they're not expecting you to be selling them. They're not at work. And you're going to freaking... They're going to answer the door like, who the hell's here? And now you got to sell that is well with the times we live in you could get shot walking up door to door yeah <laughs> yeah you could it's a risk that's why so pick a nice neighborhood pick a nice neighborhood when you go out there no but honestly I'll, th- I'll tell you a funny story about wholesaling because yeah. that's what I do but I do it with products and stuff like that mm-hmm. so like you're talking about the fake it till you make it so I bought this deal years ago it was 250,000 shadow stitch caps and it was all NFL and they were the hottest one of the hottest caps in the market we paid over a million dollars for the deal. We Jeez. shipped it to San Jose. We had a we had a money guy, so we have it in the thing. And uh, next thing I know, I get an email to buy all these hats. Right, so I send back a in in uh, in in an email. I says, "Do you own all these? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. They're in our warehouse." So I send him a purchase order for four dollars over what we were. Uh, I offered him, we were trying to get four bucks from him. I told him, I wrote him a purchase order for $9 for 250,000 hats. Next thing you know, everything's lighting up. The phones are ringing. You still got the hats. You still got the hats. You still got the hats. Of course, we had the hats. They were our hats. <laughs> but the guy's going back. I says, hey, listen, I'm, I, I need the information because se- I want to send you a profile right now so we can pick these up. Now he's scrambling. I go, come on, you told me you own these. Where's the profile? I'm going to wire you the cash in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say at the end of the thing I says you know it's probably a bad idea when you lie to people instead of just being honest mm-hmm. I says if you'd like to look at these hats or you'd like to buy some of them they're sitting in our warehouse in San Jose mm-hmm. and the guy never got back to me radio silence yeah when you get stuck in the fake it to the make it's not a fun thing no, no. It's trust me but no. it, we had so much fun because it was just like the guy must have been shitting his pants oh, because sure. he, he thought they were going to make almost a million dollars in profit even if it was split three ways mm-hmm. you know and lots of times I don't know about real estate there's two or three brokers involved that's, so that's yeah. a shit show because then everybody wants a piece of the pie and nobody mm-hmm. can get their, their, their shit together that's true like I, I have a policy <laughs> that I will not buy a house from a, from a wholesaler if it's been daisy chained because what will happen is you've got explain what a daisy chain so is. that means basically you got a guy a real a wholesaler's under contract with that was a the seller a long time ago they put it out to their buyers list that there's always on your buyers list there's wholesalers on your buyers list because they pretend they are the cash buyer they then take your deal and then they're putting out to their cash buyers and then those people typically have yeah. one or two wholesalers on there then they're putting out to you their buyers what that is yeah. So literally, it just goes down the line, and every time it goes down, it's up another five grand. It's yep. up another five grand. So by the time it gets to me, Daisy Chain three times, it's yep. up twenty grand from what the original contract is worth. And so now everybody wants their money on the down chain. But the problem is, I'm talking to this guy over here. This guy over here has the contract. I'm like, all right, can you verify this? 
okay, he's got to talk to this guy, then this guy's got to talk to this guy, then this guy's got to talk to this guy. By the time he gets back this way, it happens a lot. All day. In my business especially, it's brutal. And you just have to remember one thing, okay? Brokers, whether it's real estate, the stock market, anything, brokers make you broker. Mm -hmm. So if you keep that adage and you do your own homework and learn your own ways and learn the way the big guys do it, and they do it right. Because I had stockbrokers for years, and I lost thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. with, with things they told me to buy. Well, when you're the little guy, they're not telling you to buy the shit that, that, that the rich people. Because if you put that money, if a rich guy made a play like that, that broker would never hear from him again. And if he had $5 million in the account, that account would be gone overnight. They're not losing money for guys that have that kind of money. But the regular little guys, they're telling you to buy the risky stuff because the commissions are so high. And that's penny stocks, yeah. OTCs. I mean, that's but brokers, brokers really will make you broker. Yeah. But but this, I have a friend, and he does a lot of. Um, he's doing a lot of real estate. He sold a house last week. It was listed at four thirty two. They sold it for four eighty two. Yeah. And and it's just like I go. Well, I go. Listen, how, how do you come up with comps like that? There's no other comps in the area. But it's to a fact uh, to a point now. Every, the greed factor is already kicked in. Hundred percent. So they don't give a shit how they get the comp. They're going to get it done. Yep. And then next year or the year after, when the bubbles, the houses have gone up 50%, 60%, then all of a sudden there's no place to go, and bam, you're buying shit for pennies on the dollar again. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a reciprocal. It happens, it happens all, all the, the time. time. And the problem is the government keeps <coughs> trying to kick the can down the road. They have since 2016, 2017. Yeah. Yep. We should have had this correction already. And the government just like, nope, I don't want it on my dockets. I'm going to kick the can uh-huh. down the road. I'm going to keep dropping interest rates, or I'm going to keep – Got an election Pretty coming money. up in 24 months. When I when I got through what, <laughs> watching the big short and only one guy went to jail out of all the shit that Bull they did. Fucking shit, man. It was like Sorry. it was like <laughs> unbelievable. Well, I, I listen. I have a friend who uh, who passed away at 49. We used to hang out with the kids all the time, and he was he was a mortgage broker, and he had one of the guys in his office. His name was Lenny, and he goes, "Oh yeah," I says, "I just I just bought a, a 1.2 million dollar house." I says Lenny, I said, "I didn't know you could afford a house like that." He says, I can't. He says, I'm getting divorced. Why not buy the fucking house? I'll give it to her. So he bought the house. No money down. No income verification. Nothing. I says, what's going to happen? He says, well, they know after the two years or three years are up and it goes from interest only to the principal that I'm just going to be packing my shit and leaving. <laughs> so he says, as long as she's happy until the divorce. And that's exactly what it was. They didn't give a shit. These yeah. people couldn't even afford these houses and oh, they yeah. were just sticking them in there. He qualified for like a half a million dollar house. He bought a one point two million dollar house. Jesus. It's insane what they do. That's the difference, though. I think with right now, though, yeah, is that is. you know when like I'll never forget when I was I came down here right as the boom was starting, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm working on these houses for some of these guys and stuff. And and this one guy was like, it was like south of Gandhi over there, right? And the guy was like. Yeah, well, that one down the street, I bought that one six months ago, and now it's already up 30000 and all that stuff, right? And I'm, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, is the house working harder than it used to? Or, you know what I mean? Like, where is this coming from? But there was, there was so much more inventory then, and there was a lot True. more going on, whereas, like, now it's all increasing, but there's, there's no inventory. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of a little – it's more of a supply-demand thing now it i is. think than it, than it was before where they were just like crushing crushing rates and letting anybody buy it and all that so i yeah we have a weird it's, i was i did a, a, a facebook live or what it was last week or two weeks ago about how this is the strangest economy i've ever seen when it comes to real estate because it is a buyer's market for sure 
But it's also a seller's market because the sellers are getting top dollar over ask, like we were talking about, no appraisal waiver, yeah. all that stuff. But buyers can have have like even finance buyers have the most power they've ever had because interest rates are low. Yep. Credit credit uh, reporting is now in the shit again. Yep. Like you can get approved for five fifty again. It's five fifty. Five fifty credit scores. And if you go down, if you go down, sweet, I qualify. If you if you go if you go down to Miami or Aventura, I was there two weeks ago. There's like 50 cranes working on high rises. Oh yeah, and they're building shit. They started a half a million, and the people from South America are just because of all the shit going on down there. They're trying to get their money out of their countries and mm-hmm. put it in places here. Yeah, and it's just insanity. Yep. But on the other note of what you said, uh, inventory su- supply and demand, if you really think about that, that's bullshit. Because no matter what market you're in, if you put the work in, you find, I find deals all the time. Sure. Like it's, oh, spo- yeah. it's supposed to be like – They're just not – Like I worked – like listed on the MLS. No, no. Right, no, no, I understand that. Yeah. I, I worked with this girl. Her name was Joy, and she was – I used to work for my cousin. He owns the second largest Toyota dealership in the world, and he's a super wow. distributor. And, and she was was working with us. I talked to one. Day. I said, Joy, I says, yeah. She says, I'm, I'm just doing this temporary, make a couple of dollars. She used to go out on weekends and drive in the country. So she's driving in a place in Rhode Island. And she sees this, you know, some cows and stuff. She pulls over, goes up and speaks to the woman. You know, I was just taking a ride. She says, it's a beautiful place. She says, come in, dear, and have coffee with me. She seems to have coffee. They have like a three-hour conversation. She stays for lunch, Okay. She went back to see her every week, and they had coffee, became friends. She says, um, she says, why did you stop in the first place? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to buy some land. She says, well, I have, I have all this land. Would you like to buy it? She says, she says, how much, you know, do you want for it? She says, you know, it's probably worth a lot more, but I don't need the money. I have no children. I have not, and you're so nice. She sold the entire parcel for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, which she had to finance. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was 30 acres. On uh, Part of it was on the ocean, the inlet. Jesus. Right? She sold it to a builder for $9 million two weeks after she bought it. So those deals do exist, and you run into situations where people don't give a shit about the money or whatever. They, she just loved her company and loved her as a person. And unless you open your mouth and you're talking while you're walking <laughs> and you're meeting people every day, stuff doesn't happen. But when right. you do that, you can find anything. I mean, I found deals... I mean, I was telling these guys, like, I was on Craigslist the other day, right? And I just put in, I punched in Tampa, closeouts. And I see this guy's got 600 jackets, zip jackets, uh, Steelers, Packers, all that. And I was in the licensing business for a long time. I call him up on the phone. He says, how much you want for these? He says, two bucks. I said, nah. I says, let me come down and look at them. So I got on. I said, listen, I'll give you a buck 50. I got cash. I'll pay for them right now. Take them away. Did you get them? Yeah. I put them in the car, loaded them up. I drove them from here up to Newport Ritchie and sold them all for three bucks. <laughs> so, I mean, that within... Money. Uh, okay, so he took them and drove them to New Hampshire and sold them for five bucks. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just like, and if you're out there, I mean, I told him a story. I was, I was at a flea market in Fort Lauderdale. It's a true story. And the guy got a shitload of T-shirts, like maybe 800 of them. And he's selling them for a buck a piece. I said, how much you want for all these if I buy them all? He goes, uh, half a dollar. I said, yeah, I don't want them at half a dollar. I says, a quarter, I'll take them all. So he, he, he looks at me and he says, nah. I said, okay, I'm going to walk away. All right, I'll sell them for a quarter. I literally took 800 T-shirts by the bundle, put them over my shoulder, walked from here to where your car is parked, and sold them to a guy selling T-shirts for a buck. The whole entire deal. 
So I made yeah. I made like a quarter on eight hundred pieces. Story. I love pieces that. what one hundred sixty bucks? Jeez. And the guy's watching me do the whole thing because I already paid him for things. He's going. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, just, you know. <laughs> I got a friend, uh, Dave Susie, did the same thing at Shot Show one year. You know, but this guy's money. trying to sell shit, mm-hmm. and he just said, "What's the minimum you take for all of them? How much for all of them?" The guy said, "Can I have at least one of them?" All right, cool. It's at the Sand Center in Vegas, so it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. Right, walk to the other end of the show. I got these. I'll get them to you for you know. He doubled it. Cool. How many you got? Fifteen hundred. Awesome. He just. They, they, they used to have the they had the off price show and the ASD show and it's just surplus of merchandise in Vegas and they have it every year. So I used to go out before I had a booth, and I'd walk and up I'd walk up and down aisles and sometimes make five to eight grand an aisle. I'm not kidding you. Like I'm walking down and I always look. This guy would have all this custom not custom but general merchandise pans, tape guns, all sorts of just crazy shit. Household products, everything. And then I look and I see these three or four swishes on baseball caps. And they were hidden behind all the shit. I says, how many of these do you have? He says, 4,500. Do you want to buy them all? I says, yeah. I says, what's the price? <clears throat> he says, I'll give them you for four bucks. I said, you know something? 275, I'll take them right now. Uh, he writes it up. I give him a deposit because he's got to ship them. He says, here's the samples. I said, thanks. I walk around the corner and I sold every single one of them for 395. Like, I didn't even leave the, the building. And it's just, and that's in real estate, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to pick off that just, and say, you know, with the whole thing, the driving for dollars, knock on their doors, getting the picture and stuff. You're coming to me. I'm telling you what I'll pay for that house. I right. say it's 150 grand. I'll pay for that house because I've done my due diligence. You're going to go back to someone and go, you know, we've, uh, we've done our due diligence. We'd love to make you an offer. We, we can close in X amount of days. I, I'm telling you how fast I can close, right? I'm telling yeah. you my terms, everything. Well, Mr. Seller, I'd love to offer you $125,000 I can close in 10 days. Does that sound good? Yep. Well, you just made yourself 25 fucking grand. Well, I want to ask you something. How there do you, you how do you keep the buyers like like you from going over their head? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's writing the contract. Yeah. Oh, he's writing the he's contract. He's going to write the contract. Yeah, but he's but he's I, giving you all the information before it's a he writes the contract. It's a risk. You know what I mean? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. I mean, I mean it happens in my business all the time. Of course it does. It happens in every business. So like it... Here's what I do. When I buy something, I never even offer it out until it's in my place. Mm-hmm. Unless I've already paid for it and they give me documentation, everything, the pictures and everything. Then it's pretty hard for them to renege because you could sue them. Oh, yeah. But I've had situations where I called up and I offered the deal. And, and these people start get on the phone start making calls to all these different people. And they're able to locate the deal that you just sure. bought. Sure, yep. You know? Oh, yeah, so for sure. So it's about having the contract. But, again, that's, it is a trust factor. But most people start off as a bird dog or a, I call them a property scout. And so basically you're out there scouting for the deals, and I'll just do all the evaluation, and, and I will then go talk to the seller, and then I'll just pay you a small fee for bringing me the deal. But if that's how you learn essentially. But you know, basically to really do the wholesaling, you, you then are going to negotiate the deal with the seller. And that's and where that's, you're yeah. talking about with your, the negotiation skills. Mm-hmm. You can play it like if Greg says it's one, tw- I'll get you 125. You know that that's about you know if you go too high on what you say, you you're might have priced yourself out of the right. market. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah, safe yeah. bet is to go back and say 130. Yep. 136, 137. If you want to start pushing it, you say one, you know, 140, 145. Yeah. So, so so I I bought a license. is getting nuts. I, you know? I bought yeah. a licensing now. I bought a lot of licensed stuff, college, and it was women's clothing. I think I paid 70 cents for it. And I'm like, this shit's online for 20 bucks. 
So I off, I ended up selling it for like a buck thirty, right? Mm-hmm. And there was almost six thousand units, which is great profit. Mm-hmm. But before I did that, I put it out to some guys. I can't stand dealing with brokers and fax junkies that just send you shit all over the place. As a matter of fact, I don't do it because it ruins your deal when a million people see it, Mm -hmm. and it gets confusing for some people. So I've had stuff that I've literally sent out at a phenomenal price, and it gets back to me, and it's marked up $4 more than what I offered it for. But there's five brokers involved. It's like, you fucking kidding me? Yep. So it went from this guy to him. He put a half a buck on. He put 75 cents on. You put a buck on. And now it's like three, four times what I even want for it. And, and people are really confused. I mean, you oh, know. I've done it. I've got my own deal sent back to me as well in this business from a wholesale yeah. deal. And I offered the guy. I said, all right, I'll give you 100 well, I, I'll give you your asking price. Send me your contract with the seller right now. Yeah. yeah, that's what happened with the hats. But, but listen, and I was like, yeah, it, motherfucker, yeah, that's it, my contract. Isn't it fun? It's fun to do that to mess with them, isn't it? It is. Oh, oh your I, own deal came back yeah, to you? Own, I was well, that's what happened with the deal. hats. I told you. The hats. Mm-hmm. The guy's calling me because he thinks he made a million dollars, and they're going nuts. You yeah, same thing hats. as he had earlier. And, and on the other end, I'm going to the guy, send me the PO. Send me the PO so I can wire you the money. I right. go, what's going on? You said you own the deal. So then afterwards, he says, well, we're having a small problem. I says, yeah, you fucking asshole. They're in, they're in my warehouse, and I own them. I says, maybe next time you, you'll tell the truth. I always, I always tell people the truth yeah. because you know something? They don't need the information about right. where the deal is. They just need the information. Listen, I don't own this, but I'm very close to the people that do. Correct. That's all. But Bingo. I never lie to them and say, yeah, I own the deal. Yeah, you can't. Because no. you look like an idiot, mm-hmm. especially in a big... A big chain store, if they send you a purchase order for the whole thing and you don't have the goods or somebody already sold them, you look well, like I'm never mean, the doing with you again. Never. Yeah. yeah. That shit adds up over the years, too. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people get going. And, and, and they it's, start, you know what I mean? It, you know something? We talk about business, we talk about entrepreneurship and everything else. And I don't know about your business, but I know, like, in the retail business, over the last 10 years, people went to this format where they had shipping manuals. So they'd send you a shipping manual, even off-price people. And you'd have to follow all the rules. And if you didn't, you'd get charged mm. back. Okay. So I sold 15,000 uh, champion hats to Bell's Outlet. This is going back years, okay? And uh, I'm getting ready to ship the goods. And I talked to th- three people. And they said, hey, listen, I just got charged back for 2000 I just got charged back for 3000 I go, you're kidding me. From where? Bell's. He says it's just a, a way for them to get free freight. Mm-hmm. I call the buyer up. You have to have the balls to actually do this. I said, Chuck, can't ship the order. Said, what do you mean you can't ship the order? He said, I can't ship it. He says, well, if you don't ship it, never buy from me again. I said, you know something? I understand. He says, well, what's the story behind this? I said, I just talked to, to three guys, and there's a total of almost $6,000 in chargebacks for freight. I says, it's bullshit. It's a way for you guys to make profit. I says, if you guarantee me I'm not going to get charged back, I'll ship the goods. I guarantee you'll get your entire check. I shipped the goods. I got my entire check. There you go. But it's unbelievable how they pull these things. And I'm sure there's areas of your business that the same stuff happens where, where people add fees or they do things to, to, uh, uh, to, to just make it like a profit, especially well, the, in, the, the, in freight now. It's the, unbelievable the, the what goes on. The classic scam with that with like manufacturers, the people that are actually making the shit, is to put in a purchase order to them. And like there's some big box stores that have been guilty of this in the past. And they say, yeah, we'll take 40000 of you know widget X or whatever at this price. And then so you, you get the purchase. You start making it. It's a huge order. Like mm-hmm. you're freaking losing your mind. And then they come back to you in like two months and they're like, 
Yeah, we decided, you know, we really don't need it. I mean, if we have, you know, I suppose we could take it at this much. Yeah, yeah. And you're caught in a pinch because you're like, well, I just made all this shit. I have nowhere to, else to sell it except for you because you Walmart, wanted it. Walmart you know? is notorious yes. for that. Yes. Not surprised. So people ask me, right, because I say, like, I know everyone who I know shops at Walmart. I go, I won't even walk in this store. I mean, I go in this store once in a while, but not to buy anything. And, and they go, well, why don't you go to the, the prices are unbelievable. I said, you know how many small guys they actually they put out of business? Oh, yeah. I said, I was I've been at doing a, it for 30 years. I was at a trade show. Guy beside me had a million dollars worth of white camo, like like you'd see in Mark Wahlberg and Shooter. Okay. Another white camo. So he made all these the jackets, and the guy calls him up. The buyer says, "Are you sitting down?" Because they give you verbal commitments at Walmart, not a purchase order. Because a purchase order can be binding; you can sue them. Right. right. Okay. But they give a verbal commitment, and then on a Friday they'll give you a ship date of a Monday. If you can't make that window, they'll just cancel the order. So he goes, "Hey, I got some bad news. Are you sitting down?" He goes, "Do I need to be?" He says the DMM just uh, his son-in-law. He just married the daughter. Does the same kind of stuff that you do, and I have to give the order to him. So he goes. Oh my god. He goes. You're fucking kidding me, right? He says, No, I'm really sorry. So this poor prick is just a little guy. He had somebody that financed him. The the material was over a million dollars to buy the material. They were making almost two hundred eighty thousand jackets. So he sat on the jackets and the material. For almost three and a half years before oh. he could move all of them, he moved oh. them all. But damn near put them out of business. And they are notorious. They do this to a, a lot of people, Ouch. a lot of people. I had yeah. a guy that used to sell them cotton balls. Now you would think cotton balls. I mean, come on. So he'd sell them like eight million dollars worth of worth of cotton balls. So they call him up and they says, "We want markdown money." He goes on cotton balls. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> he says cotton balls don't go bad. They you have to like, send. What, they cost <laughs> as much. No, cost as much but, as a Sheba queen is right you, now. But you yeah. don't have to send. You don't for have real. to Sheba. Yeah, you don't have to the send moon. them back. There's no expiration. You get them for fifty years. They want the cotton. So he, he goes to. He says, "Well, if you don't give us markdown money, he says, well, how how is the south throw? About eighty-seven percent." So well, like that's. That's my profit. He says, well, if you don't give us the markdown money, he says, you won't get the audit next year. And I'm thinking to myself, unless this is why everybody, brands are so important. Your brand, mm-hmm. this brand. When you own the brand, people can't fuck with you. 100%. That's it. You can just tell them you, you're wearing the pants and you can tell them to go take a walk. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's why Nike will never go into Walmart. Because their brand would be ruined in a 100%. day. All these guys. So if you own the brand, you have phenomenal power. Mm-hmm. If you're making something and you don't have a brand on it, okay? Even if you're making shit that 50 million other people are making, if you have a brand and you know how to market your brand, you can still make tons of money. Mm-hmm. But if you're just taking a widget and you're reproducing for someone, you're out the door as soon as someone comes in with a penny or a penny and a half yep, cheaper. 100%. They're down the street. They're gone. Yep. It's over. You're it done. Is. In, in in what they say about loyalty and allegiance and all that? <laughs> I, said, I, I actually, one of my best engaging <laughs> social media posts of all time, I was like, everyone's a brand loyalist until the, their, the competitors bogo at Publix. Right. And people are like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Everyone is a brand loyalist until literally yeah. the other company I'm is the, bogo. I have, a de- I have a dear friend, okay? I have a dear Except friend. Except I am a brand loyalist to Nike. I will not buy other tennis no, than same. Nike. Ever. I have a dear friend, and I've been <laughs> friends with him for years. And he was, he he got in the sh- in, in the rag business, and he ended up getting the um, he ended up getting Isaac Lacoste for, mm. for the whole South, all the Carolinas, all that. He had six reps, 
and he was killing it. So they'd send Lear jets to Charlotte. He lived in Charlotte. Lear jets, and they'd fly him up to their beach homes on Long Island. They'd be doing blow all weekend parties. <laughs> there'd be there'd be women there, whoever you wanted to sleep with. He said it was unbelievable. <laughs> and he says, he says, after seven years, I really thought these people were my friends. Mm. He says the line went shit. One day, one had the line that was it. All the kids were off. I got the Zod lacrosse, and it was over. He says they wouldn't even return my phone calls. Meanwhile, I'm snorting coke and having threesomes for eight years, and all these people <laughs> won't even talk to me. Yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't get my call fast enough right. when the brand was. You know, and you know, he thought they were they were all his friends. Not one of them would turn the phone call. That's why, it, on. That's why this circle right here yep. is extremely small. Yep. And yeah, will always be extremely oh, yeah. small. Yeah, so. the circle of trust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah remember? Right. Greg, Step outside the circle. Greg, yes. Yep. Is that Are you circle? in the circle of trust? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, you're only as good as your last deal. You're only as good as your last whatever you're doing. Yeah, it's uh. It can be a pretty humbling experience. Mm-hmm. I think that we've all kind of probably gone through that a few times at this yep. point. You know? But if we own the brand, like like if you like fishing shirts or you like bracelets like that, if you come up with your brand and there's people making it for tons of different people, you say, hey, listen, I just want different patterns. I want you to make the same quality, but I want to put my brand on it. If you can market that brand you know how to do it, then you can make tons of money. But if it's just a generic thing, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, commodity. Like your brand. Yeah. If you find a way to make stuff that's really cool and you have this car wash thing going where it's uh, where you have a lot of young people involved in it and it becomes more of a not, thing. not a detailing thing, but it's more of a bikini party and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. No, no, no. I'm showing you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. We rebrand all that stuff. More coffee. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> no, you, we're talking about right. building out our brands to make yeah. it cool. And then this logo happens to be attached to it. Right. It's yep. the Outfast branded shirts, but the brand is here. And then on the, the cool other side, it, on says, the front. it says coffees for closers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, I, which you know. And One you of know the best movies of the, all time. Of course. The, the, the first time I walked in, yeah. Right? And it, 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 it's Outfast. I was like, I want a steak. Because <laughs> it, it, it ties in like with Outback. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of the first thing you think of. Because when you look well, at it, it's better than the no, Pornhub reference. No, 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 no. I, I meant that complimentary, because people will remember what you're doing because it has significance of a major brand mm-hmm. that's already out there. Yep. So when I first saw it, I was like, I had to look at it twice, you know, out fast. And it just when you say it, it's just out fast, you know. And outback sounds the same way. Well, you know, it's like I've had, you know, we've had pushback on the branding too with. Uh, People saying it's not a retail brand. I'm like, bullshit. Bullfucking shit. Because I've never met a seller, whether they're retail or they're wholesale, that doesn't want to get out fast. Right. When they decide, when they decide I'm selling my house, they don't want to let it sit for six no. months, three months. No. They want it gone today. And quite so frankly, give me that, don't give me that bullshit. You know, with what's, with what's going on with the company and stuff, and you're trying to create something different, and you're trying to create that edge – and that hybrid feel and all that, it's got to have some grit mm-hmm. and it's got to have, you know what I mean? It's, it's got to have that thing tied to it. And that's, I think, you know, cause we had that discussion back in the day and stuff. And now it's like, no, like it's fucking working out great. Well, our thing is know? like, I, you know, people can talk a big game and shit. And I talked about this last night at the meeting too, is like our agents 
yeah, we're out fast. And some people will attribute that to get having to sell at a discount. Right. Bullshit. Right. Our stats don't lie. Our no. stats pre this nonsense with this this craziness, we were selling at 102% of list price for the 12 months prior in less time than Keller Williams, Century 21, Impact Realty, all the big dogs in town. So don't give me this that this means you get to sell yeah. at a discount. Not true. Well, and whatsoever. It, you know, and it, and it a lot of that is just the time it takes to kind of get known mm-hmm. and get established sure. and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I mean, well, we've talked about this for years. It has nothing to. It does have a lot to do with the brand, but it has a lot to do with what the brand represents. Yeah, not. Not necessarily getting out fast. It means that we're going to do all the things necessary. We're sales professionals. We get right. sales. We've talked about that. You and I said yes. for three years, real estate agents fucking suck at sales. Like, you hear that? Suck at sales. sales. Uh, no, they do. <laughs> that was, they do, though. Suck. They do. And it's a sales game. It is a sales yeah. and marketing think, people game. People think it's a house out. game? No. It's not a house game. Okay. It's a sales game. Okay, let me sum it up for you, okay? Just like your you shit. You got the camera? Look at me over here. Okay. This is the real deal behind real estate agents in the real estate market in general. Oh, God. Okay? Here we go. Here the, we go. The universe, the universe has a very way of humbling people. Mm-hmm. And for years, uh, real estate agents thought they were, they were doctors, lawyers, or whatever. They thought they were prestigious people, and they were doing you a favor to sell you real estate. But then when this market totally corrected itself and everybody was jumping in and guys like you and little guys doing deals, they don't have that luxury anymore. People want people that are real. They want people they can work with easily. Mm -hmm. And that's what they had this high horse because I know I sold and bought fair share of houses myself and it was always like I went home one day. My house was on the market for 168.9. I had two family in Milton, Massachusetts. And I came home and all the doors were open, the fans were on and all the lights were on. I called the realtor. I says, bring, bring my keys. Open house. Bring my keys over in here now. I says, we're done. She says, well, you have a contract. I said, I don't have a contract. You left all the shit. You left my door open. Bring the keys over. I put an ad in the Boston Globe that week for 185.9 and sold it for full asking price. So not only did I not miss out on the 168, I sold it for 185.9 mm-hmm. on my own at an open house. Yep. I just got lucky. There's no doubt. But it's just like it's, it's, un- always that, it's, it's unbelievable. So I think... I think back then there was this mystique or this prestige. If I was a real estate agent, you know, and I had a big office, you know, I was driving fancy cars and all that. It's not a, re- it's a different reality now. Mm-hmm. So it's well, that's kind- why we built a whole brand basically of- on hustle. Yeah, grind it. This is a sales game. Winning. Let's go. Sales. Yep. Yep. Grassroots. Mm-hmm. Let's get down to business. You and know, people people like to deal with people that are real. Mm-hmm. Correct. Like, like all this bullshit. I'll tell you a story about real estate that's amazing. And this really, I don't know if it happens anymore. I went and bought a, a house in Needham, Massachusetts, okay? It was $290,000, and I had to put almost hundred grand into it. But the school system and the property values were insane. Mm-hmm. So I put full asking price. It was two thirty. I put full asking price, gave her a $5,000 check, said I'd be back at four thirty with my builder and my mortgage guy. It was all approved. I came back. She goes, uh, I'm sorry. The house has been sold. I says, you I, I, a what? She goes, the house has been sold. I says, I bought the house. Well, we had a, another offer come in the same time as yours, and they were more qualified than you are. I says, I'm pre-approved. And this woman was given to me by a builder who she sold over 100 homes for. He was doing me a favor, and she still screwed me. And she sold it to this dude. I don't want to get into politics. I'll tell you later. It was unbelievable. The, neighbor was, the neighborhood went nuts when they found out what she did. 
but I ended up not getting the house. And it's unbelievable that that little thing, well, the, um, <clears throat> the, the buyer can't talk to the seller. Well, that's how they used to play it back in the old days. Now people know. If you want to talk to the owner, you can get on the phone. You say, I want to talk to the owner. Or I want to have a meeting with the owner here. So for years you were in the dark not knowing really what the scoop was, and that's completely changed too. But it's unbelievable all the games and shit they used to play. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> So let's, uh, I, know, I know you got some good stuff coming up. We've got to get wrapped up in a few minutes here. But uh, how much is it killing you not being able to promote and talk about some of the things? Oh, my that- God, I'm dying. <laughs> Literally dying. I can't even tell most of my agents, like, the cool shit that we're doing. Right. Because, like, it's so proprietary and it's so, like, cutting <laughs> – Cutting edge or whatever you want to call it. it, it literally pains me not to be able to be like, hey guys, yeah, <laughs> we got some cool coming, shit, right? You know, you think you got a cool thing going on with what we're doing now? Yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet. But well, um, how about uh, the office and stuff like that? What about it? Like when, the move? When, yeah. When is yeah? When's that happening? So tomorrow, I'm basically going to the office. I'm packing up all of my shit tomorrow, moving some of it upstairs. But we'll officially be in the new office on June one. June one. So 1? like next next Wednesday, I think is where we're having the big powwow with all the agents coming in to help us move it. Okay, all cool. Up. They're all aware that we're moving. Oh yeah, they all know. Okay, they've gotcha. all gotten the dog and all pony right. show up there already. Awesome. So yeah, it's it's exciting because we we're moving into a bigger, more open, more conducive to our. Our culture, Dude, our brand, it's, tight looking it's up so there. good. It's you know the previous tenant, for all his faults, did a phenomenal job yes. of giving credit for designing the way he did and opening it up and stuff like that. But yeah, we we um we're very excited to be up there again. We're in ultra growth mode. We've been adding five agents a month, if not more, like clockwork at yep. this point. Um, and we've got always five or six in the pipeline of agents joining. So we will definitely hit our goal of, of at least 75, probably yeah. close to a hundred by the end of the that year. That office is, I would say that that office realistically is probably about seven to eight times the size of my office yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it's got like couches, I mean, giant conference. It's freaking. It's got, it's got, it's got 12 stand up. The desks. current 12. one or the new one? The new, the new one. one. Okay. Toga. Toga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a party there. We will. Sure. We'll have yeah. an open house party. All right. Anything else you want to say real quick? No, I mean, just be on the lookout for what we've got coming. Definitely subscribe to us on YouTube and on, on Instagram. Facebook is an asshole and they don't like us. They don't get any engagement for us. <laughs> but check us out on Instagram on, at Alfast Realty. You can follow me at, at Real Greg Simpson. You talk about keeping it real. That has literally been my mantra from for years. That's why my handle is Real Greg Simpson. Follow me for there for that as well. Um, we've got a lot of. Cool Did you get shit a blue coming. check mark on that yet? No, nah, not yet. Coming gotta soon. Go, gotta go talk to Gloria. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but no, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff, and uh, it's going to be a wild ride. So if you're a real estate agent and you want to actually learn how to close real deals, come talk to me. So when you have an agent, do you guys take a percentage or is it a flat rate? Flat fee. Flat fee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's changed the whole industry too. It has too. I mean, we're going to be changing the model up a little bit because we have some really cool stuff that, that is coming down the line that will compensate for us taking a little bit of their commission. But yeah, it, but it's not like the old days. Uh, no, I mean, I all of a sudden, like yeah. 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 I mean, you make thirty thousand a house, you got to give fifteen to the guy because yeah. just because he's got a shingle up there, and yeah, it was much. ridiculous. Yeah, no, we don't do that for sure. I got a friend that he's done. He used to be in the clothing business. He's in uh, West Palm Beach, and he's got one hundred and thirty-five agents, mm. and they all they're all uh, what do they call them bilingual, the Spanish and what you call it, and that's all they do. And he charges them. Three ninety nine for every deal, mm-hmm. and they just flock to them. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, flock. Yep, it's crazy. All right, well, 
Thanks for That's having me, a dude. wrap. I really appreciate it, my man. Thanks for Anytime. coming in. Yeah. Till next you. time, guys. Yep. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.